Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp. Glad to be here with the golden guru of replanting with the golden voice, Bob Bickford and double doc, Josh Dreyer, yet again to talk about demographics. And I got to say, first off, I appreciate this shirt that you're wearing, Bob, in the last episode or one of the previous episodes we talked about. Uh, you guys had a, a bear running through your county, and so you've got this great shirt. Did, now, did anyone other than you buy the shirt? I don't think so, Jimbo. I think I just make a shirt and buy them for my own amusement. I love it. Yeah, this says the St. Louis Mid-County Bear, and I'll put a link on the show notes for anybody who wants to you know, order one. But yeah. the, the tagline that the cops gave when the bear was running loose was, no selfies with the bear. No selfies <laughs> with the bear. No selfies with the bear. So I just you know made myself a shirt that said St. Louis Mid-County Bear, and Put on the bottom of the bear's face and no selfies, please. So I'm having fun at least. The com- the shirt is comfortable. I'll say that. It is yeah. nice and cool and everybody needs a new t-shirt occasionally. And I, I was in need of one. So there you go. It's a good looking shirt. Thanks. You did a good job designing it. Um, but s- speaking of designing, we've got the doctor, doctor, Josh Dreyer here, designed the most brilliant demographics report ever known to man. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to go but down. Nowhere to go but down from here. <laughs> no, we had we had Josh on and we talked about offering a free demographics report to the boot campers, and we were overwhelmed with responses. Yep. To to the point that we have paused the ability to request your free demographics report as of yet. And our hope is to talk Josh into letting us turn that button back on here soon. And so we'll let you know in the show notes and when we post this, when it goes live, if we're ready yet. For now, if you go and you click the button, it says, hey, we can't do that right now. Uh, it says something <laughs> better. But. It says that in nicer language, but yeah. <laughs> I just felt bad because I think, Jimbo, you must have been out like on in the wilderness on your forerunner. You might have been making bread. You might have been doing something. But Josh starts texting like, help, please turn this thing off. Like are getting overwhelmed here. And you like went radio silenced for a long time. And I, I can only do show notes on the on the uh, boot camp website. And I just felt bad for Josh. I felt like I felt like he was just getting inundated and I felt bad yeah. for him. Yeah, I think it was like 150 requests came in in between his text messages. <laughs> it was like, ding, ding, ding. I'm like, Jimbo, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> no, we got it turned off. So check back with us. Let us know. If we, we'll let you know if we haven't turned back on. But for those of you that have gotten it and that will get it in the future when we haven't turned back on, this episode is for you. But I would say this episode is for you, even if you haven't gotten your demographics through the boot camp, but you've gotten them some other way. The way we're going to do this is Josh has done a demographic report for the church that Bob pastors. And we're going to let them kind of talk through interpreting that and applying that and how that goes. So take it away, Double Doc. All right. So, yeah. So I did my best to put a ugly pixelated graphic of Bob's church on the front cover. <laughs> Wanted you to notice that. So we'll just dig in. We don't have a ton of time. There's there's a lot more in this we could mine out, but I just kind of grabbed some of the highlights. What, what Bob asked me to do was look into – surrounding zip code. It's a zip code to the west of St. Louis, 
63119. And what we did was we looked in the zip code. And when you do demographics research, you the, the way that the government divides land in the United States is that it starts with block group division, then it goes to tract division, and then from tracts it goes to zip codes and then counties and then states and then, of course, the United States. So we took a zip code, which was divided up into seven tracts of land. And so we looked at each of those tracts of land and pulled out some data about the people who live there. And then the point of this isn't just to learn more you know, useless information, but to learn about the people there so we can better develop strategy to reach them with gospel. And so the first page that we have here that has map on it is total population. So you see there in the tracts of land, there's 6,000, 4,000, 6,000, so on. So in that zip code, there's over 28,000 people. That means, Bob, if you, if your church, if the Lord led you guys just to reach 1% of your zip code, you'd have a church of 280 people. I don't know how big your, your uh, sanctuary is, but That'd be a pretty healthy Midwest church right there, I think. Absolutely. We'd be in multiple services at that point, probably two services plus. But yeah, that's a, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Sometimes churches, they want to look farther away from uh, their location than they really need to. Yeah. So really in a pretty close proximity because you're more urban in nature, I think you got lots of people. I did have one question that would be important for the people watching. I see that an interstate runs by right to the north of you guys. Yeah. Do people generally cross the north and south of that interstate to like go shopping and stuff like that? Yeah, they there's a lot of crossing all the time. And uh, and we've got several routes that will take us across. One is under and there's two over and two under, I think. And so there's a lot of crossing the the when Interstate 44 was put through Webster Groves, obviously it took a chunk right out of the middle and, and divided the city into north and south. But there are some demographic differences in the north and the south. Typically, the houses in the north are larger and there's a little more affluence. And then most of the businesses, like the trendy businesses and eateries and, and downtown Webster and Old Orchard, they're north of the of the interstate and our church is south of the interstate. But we never hear anybody say, well, that's, you know, that's on the other side of 44. Uh, we don't. OK, so cool. it's it's a division, but it's not it's not like a division in some other. Yeah. Sometimes when when I do consultation and do missional mapping with people where we try to identify a, a realistic ministry context, a divided highway like an interstate's usually a, a barrier yep. or an edge. So I was interested in that. All right, let's go to the next one. So Bob's ministry context is very educated. Most people there have a bachelor's degree or higher, uh, according to my data. And almost all folks have at least a high school diploma or or more. So I would say generally you have a pretty educated population of people uh, that you're going to work with. Does it tell you how many have two doctorates? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a 1% of 1%. Generally, yeah. Thanks, thanks for pointing that out, Jimbo. I was it just means I spent too much time and money on education. That's what you're trying to say. Not at all. I'm saying you are in the top one percent of the one percent of this country. It just took twice as long for it to take with me. That's why I had to do it twice. Thank you, Jimbo, for getting me off time, off topic there. Let's go to commute time. So Jimbo could attest as someone living in the ginormous city of Jacksonville that commute times for people is a big part of life during the week. But what I see, Bob, here is your folks don't really have really long commute times. It's generally 35 minutes or less. Yeah. So that's one of the good things about St. Louis is it's a really geographically compact metro area. Our particular city is in the mid-county area. 
And so it's really easy for us to, to pretty much get out to West County or down to the city in, any, in 15 minutes to 30 minutes. And so we, we're kind of in that. We're in a very desirable place, one of the original bedroom communities of St. Louis back in the, you know, Early 1900s, late 1800s, there was the daily train that used to stop, make two stops out here to bring people back home from work when they migrated in the city. So that's kind of a, it's been a long-term deal for us here in Webster. So a couple of applications to your ministry I thought about was you, people probably have time for weekday night activities, mm-hmm. uh, where some cities you're not getting anybody at night because they don't get home until 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night, as well as if they're in the car or in some sort of t- public transport for 30 minutes, they might you might be able to get them to catch a podcast or a sermon on the way to or from work, your weekly sermon, or if you're trying to use it as a evangelism technique, giving out jump drives or you know getting people to connect with your podcast. They do have that free time. They probably use it for uh, this crowd, the one, the one in your tract where your church is, if they're still driving to work, probably use it for, you know, like books, maybe for um, podcasts and things like that. Weekly financial updates, things of that nature, probably. So maybe we still should put a uh, financial update on the boot camp, Jimbo. We could uh, start funneling that. Jimbo's financial update, I think would be good. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what details we would include in that. I will say my wife is the highest level of membership you can have at Chick-fil-A. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Whatever that tells you about our financial update. Yeah. All right. All right. That's a good application, though. That's super helpful. Thanks, Josh. Next page, language spoken at home. You guys are about as English speaking as it gets. It's, I don't know if I've ever seen a more homogenous zip code in my life. Do you ever hear another foreign language? Do you hear a foreign language in your zip code ever? I don't think so from anybody who lives here, except for we have a an elder and a member of our church who actually grew up and was raised in Wuhan, China, and left there as a teenager found Christ in England and then ended up here in Webster Groves. The only other languages I've heard have been Mandarin Chinese from him and his mother and maybe Spanish from the guys who are doing the landscaping, but not so much here in the city. Well, actually, there's a there's a family that lives around the corner from us, and I think they are Bosnian. We have a high concentration of Bosnians here in the city of St. Louis, but not here in my city in Webster. So I don't know the people you're not really going to have probably a lot of success starting an alternative language service, you know, like a Spanish speaking service or anything. No. Yeah. The people around you may be interested in learning a new language. So that's a little more popular these days. So you may be able to host something, find out what people are interested in learning and actually host a Bible centered language training class. I've seen that happen before. Yeah. Especially in some affluent, affluent culture or affluent areas. All right, let's keep going. So racial diversity, you guys are fairly homogenous as well. You have some African-American population at the top, the northwest of the of the um, zip code, but you're primarily white. And so I'm assuming you're probably your congregation is predominantly white then. Yep, that's correct. I think it was uh, our our rates are like 0.8 per point, 0.8 percent or less in terms of minorities here in our city. Yeah. Okay. So there's not really much to, to pull out of that. Let's keep going since our time's limited. Median age. You guys generally, your zip code is above the national median age, which is 38.4. You can see that in the bottom right corner of the of the, the map there. And even Missouri is a tad higher at 
looks like Shrewsbury, which is to the east, probably has a lot of retirees. And so that could be its own unique ministry. But your your sort of most local ministry is uh, folks in the higher 30. So it's close to the national median. You probably have generally what that means is you have people that are married with uh, with kids. And I think that we'll talk about that later when we look at that map. But does that tend to be what you're looking at right now? Yeah, absolutely. Our, our, when I first came to the replant, our average age was like in the 70s. And then at our peak before COVID, it was in the low 30s. So we had, we had gotten down to a more reflective population at the church. Yeah. So that that I would say, you know, then we'd want to focus attention on that age group, probably young marriage with kids. And um, looks like you got plenty of them there, as well as you do have retirees. And that's that's something we'll talk about in a minute. So let's keep going. This is probably one of the more affluent zip codes in the state of Missouri. One of the things I tell people when they look at the income map, your levels of poverty look like they're pretty low comparatively to you know national averages. Your income levels are very high. It's a very affluent area. Yep. So that's going to bring bring about some unique ministry opportunities. The folks you're trying to minister to might assume that they don't need anything. They probably don't feel like they need the church. They're not going to come to the church like for food or medical help, you know, things like that. But wealth could be an idol for them. And therefore, that that's probably your niche. And the way you're going to reach them with the gospel is to show them maybe the emptiness of wealth and how Jesus is going to provide something they can't buy. Yeah. You know. Sure, you thought about those types of things. Yeah, I think one of the things that we realized was is that our our families and then the people around our church, like weekends, are ghost town sometimes, right? Because they they've got the means and the ability to get out of town, and not just out of town, but like out of region, out of state, out of country, and and so there's a lot of people just and they're just going out and and they're gone. They're different places because they have the accessibility to travel and in the means to travel. So maybe, maybe with that, you could appeal to the, uh, the touristy type mission trips, right? Where you could do mission trips that have good Instagram opportunities. Well, you know, I've thought about this and this is something that, you know, maybe we should kick around a little bit. So our, our, uh, supervisor, our boss, the king of replant, the movement leader of replanting, the, guru before there was a guru of replanting, John Mark Clifton, talks about the fact that when you're in an affluent community with the highly educated people, lots of disposable income and some discretionary time, one of the things that that creates is just a sense of meaningless and also guilt almost. Like just this, you know what, I'm super privileged, I should give back. And so this altruistic benefactor type attitude where it's almost like, Jimbo, I was thinking, is this as I was looking through this report, is this an opportunity for me to think about, you know, taking people on a mission trip where we, it's not a touristy thing, but we like take them to some of the hardest, most difficult places to really be exposed to people that are in need and people that don't have much and leverage what they're feeling with the resources, but also this desire that everybody has or, or many people have to make a difference, right? Would, would we even get them to sign up for that? Right. Now, obviously, I was joking about the touristy things, but yeah, I get it. I get it. Maybe a touristy stop on the way home, right? You know that. Yes, but but I also mean not just even mission trips, but causes that there are gospel centered organizations that help. Yeah, yeah. Human trafficking, 
they're organizations that are gospel centered and work towards rescuing people from human trafficking, that it, it that might be a way to engage those people in conversation. Yeah, I met a guy who um, used to attend a Chet's Creek Church in Jacksonville, which is a church in Jacksonville on the sort of the affluent side of Jacksonville. He started, he was a business owner who had been very successful, and he started a ministry to build a soccer field and clinic in, I think it was Nicaragua, or might have been Brazil. I can't remember anymore, but it was in South America. And uh, anyway, he had like went gangbusters at Chet's because uh, he could present it well and professionally. And the people there just got behind it. They would do a annual mission trip, give their money toward providing soccer facilities to the kids so they could hear the gospel and play soccer. So you might have something like that, you know, as a, as a possibility. I really want to get to the tapestry because there's some, some gold in there that we need to mine out. Let me just quickly just make a comment about a few of these pages. Is that okay, Bob? So the population of dependent people, what we see, you have plenty of kids in the zip code, but I kept kind of, I, I was continually drawn to that, the bottom, the southeastern side of your zip code, the numbers in red there, Shrewsbury and the one in the in the tract immediately to the west. Those are both pretty high numbers of seniors. That's 65 plus. So I don't know that you'd see them at your church, but I found that seniors tend to be an unaddressed population of people the 65 and up, kind of a forgotten part of our of our society. So you may you may have a niche there of people that are not being reached by churches that you're not reaching yet that would be open. So maybe just something to think about. Yeah, now part of that may be there's a large retirement facility there that is part of the Lutheran denomination. So the 1900 number with all of the, the senior adults, there might be you know 500 or so that account for that. Now, coming closer to the next track that's right next to us with the, four, the, the 1500 number, that, there's not a retirement facility in there. So that may be more of a, these are folks that are in the neighborhood still, in the homes, you know, entered in retirement, that sort of thing. There are a lot of guys and ladies who walk their dogs on Sunday morning past our church during the time that I arrive on, uh, you know, to get there for church. And and I've made connections with a few of them and have conversations with them. And I think their dog is like, for a couple of them, the dog is like their family member. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is like, you can just tell, you know, when somebody is really about their dog, you can tell, well, these folks are really about their dog, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe you need to start a dog park or uh yeah. yeah, you know something like that. Bring your dog to the you know the outskirts of the church, something like that. No dog fighting. That'd be Jimbo's neighborhood, right? Yeah, Jimbo's dog fighting would be Jimbo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would it could be lucrative too. It could to. be. So that that go to the next page. That that household size of one point eight nine in Shrewsbury. That totally makes sense. That that would be the retirement facility would draw that down. Gotcha. All right, let's go to the tapestry segmentation. I want to spend this time in the southwestern corner of the zip code, which is the tract that your church is located in. The tapestry there is is code 1A, and it's the first one that we see here. It's the top tier. So the people living around your church generally are the most affluent people in the United States. So this what, the way that the tapestry works is it's not going to be, it's not an exact number based on the people that live in that area. It's a national database where they, they look at socioeconomic, uh, other demographic factors, and then the people of one neighborhood that have 
the most things in common with that that life group, they're going to be generalized as being that. So it's like the predominant type of person that's in that tract is called a top tier. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're going to be able to find examples. Well, I know this really someone that doesn't meet this at all that lives next door to me. And that, that could be true. But generally, these are generalities that you might be able to apply, you know, to the people that live around your church. They're called top tier. They're, they're the most affluent people in the United States. They have purchasing power. They take vacations. They spare no expense. They're gone a lot, which is something you you uh, talked about and actually wrote in this note, your resources for your church are in the mission field, which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> God's surrounding you with people. When they're saved, they'll, you know, they're going to give. It's going to be great. Yes, that is awesome. I was noticing in some of the finer detail, it says these highly educated professionals have reached their corporate career goals with an accumulated average net worth of over $3 million. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I will make $3 million in my lifetime. <laughs> Jimbo will probably have earned and lost $3 million in his lifetime. It won't be an accumulated wealth. No. It'll all be a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> so they're generally married couples. This has generally married couples without children or older children. The good thing about that is it might be a little more flexible and have more time uh, to be a part of things if they're not working too much. Yeah. One thing that's important to, to recognize that has a lot to do with, you know, applying this to your, your church under the socioeconomic traits on the first page there, it says they maintain a close knit group of friends. So you need to find a person of peace in those individual groups. And when you do, when, when, when they, when they, when one of them is comfortable with you or you lead one of them to the Lord, there's a better chance that they'll use that network for the gospel because they're close knit. It says they're, they're attentive to good nutrition and fresh organic foods. So I don't know if you, you'd want to think of a farmer's market, food and diet classes, bringing in somebody uh, to teach a you know a gospel-centered diet and nutrition class. The thing about this group of people generally, when you look at the third page where it has market profile in the top left corner, when you read through that stuff, the one thing that I gather is the places they go are really nice. So your church can't be dingy, stuff can't be busted and ugly and broken. Yeah. And I know that probably feels kind of secular, but you know it's your reality. No, totally, totally get it. Yeah, Barb and I were talking about this at lunch today. We were we we just looked over the the demographic report, and that's one of the things I was making the observation of. These are top end folks that that are used to nice things in nice places, and so that that has impact for the way that the church presents itself and its facilities and its landscaping and et cetera, all those sorts of things. So totally get that. And we see that there's a, a Catholic parish that's right around uh, the corner from us and up away. It's actually where the bear was. The bear climbed up in the tree at the Catholic parish. That's like the high end top dollar parish. I mean, like beautiful everything, right? And historic, but beautiful. And so so yeah, I totally get it. Here's here's the question in my mind, and maybe you could think through this. So we've talked about some opportunities and strategies, you know, host a second language at the class, maybe for, you know, folks to do some some improvement. They're highly educated. They seem to be gone a lot, mobile a lot, use technology a lot. So often term oftentimes when we think about ministry, we think of place-based ministry, like location-based ministry at the church. And if they're affluent not necessarily inclined to feel like they have needs out of town a lot and not necessarily even been inside of a church 
Do, how do you do the ministry? I mean, digitally goes anywhere, right? So did, a digital ministry is a really key piece here. But there's also a piece of getting into the community, discovering that person a piece, going into those circles, going in incarnational ministry where people are, right? And, and so that presents uh, some unique opportunities, also some, some unique challenges, because most of us were trained about doing ministries, place-based, event-based ministry, which affluent folks who can go anywhere and have the best things probably aren't coming to your church's block party, right? With a bounce house and a whack-a-mole, okay? So thoughts about that. And then I guess the other question we have, we just keep asking ourselves this question, who in the world is really reaching rich, affluent people who don't perceive that they have needs in their life, right? That's a question I constantly ask when I'm around pastors and other leaders from major yeah, so, areas. Yeah, uh, so to answer a couple of those questions, the old like church planter statement I think applies here is find out where they are, you know, and then go there. And yeah, so I noticed there was a golf course, uh, country club. That's probably where they are, at least a lot of the men. If I could find a person to piece in there and get invited to be a part of that group, I don't know if you'd be comfortable, you know, around that, but they're probably there. I've been in affluent churches before and think life kind of revolved around that country club and it was affluent. You had to get invited to go there. It wasn't like you didn't like sign up. You had, you had to get in. But once, once I was invited to go in there, I made a lot of friends and and a lot of contacts. So it's definitely, the group is definitely a tight knit network based friend group and you ain't getting in there unless they invite you. So we need to pray for that person of peace and find that person that's going to let us in. And then once you're in, then you have an opportunity to, to proclaim the gospel and, and be friends and go to dinner parties and all the stuff they do. That's really where your gospel proclamation is going to take place on the front end before they're saved and come to church. Maybe start a Bible study at the country club. If you know, that's down the road probably, but it's not going to be a, it's I would think less Bible study in a traditional sense, more a, you know, the businessman's luncheon where you have well-known Christians share the five-minute testimony about how God helped them, you know, in their life. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That's, that's would be the end. One, to answer your second question, one church that does this really, really well is called Fruit Cove Baptist Church in Jacksonville. It's technically Fruit Cove, but they successfully reach the affluent people of North St. John's County. Neil Cordell would be the guy to call. Jimbo can probably give you his phone number. Awesome. And they they do one of the things I actually wrote this down. They do an annual car show because the affluent purchase luxury cars. They like cars. This is what the report says. So Neil's like, hey, let's do a car show. And they have a I don't know how many cars go there a year, Jimbo, maybe like a thousand or it's huge. It's ginormous. They reach a lot of people. So anyway, did that answer your two questions? Yes. I wish we had more time because we definitely could dig into all that stuff more. For the guys that are listening, I know you've offered to do a phone call for them. What kinds of, just to wrap up thinking through, what what kinds of questions should they have to be ready for a phone call with you that will be very helpful and help them, help them time that you're on the phone together be really productive? Sure. I would say I want to know what kind of questions do you want to answer? So I don't want to just give people random demographic data because that's really not useful for anything. The point is to help us discover the people around you. So what questions are you trying to answer about your ministry context? And then we, what we're going to answer from that information is what do the people care about? What do they need? And how am I going to use this information to leverage the gospel? 
among that people group, among that population of people. Awesome. Man, I, I want to thank you so much for just even offering this service again and going above and beyond, be willing to have some of these phone conversations. And I think that can have kingdom impact beyond what any of us will ever know. And so on behalf of all the boot campers, thank you so much for generously giving of your time and your resources and your gifting to, to help the kingdom. And so guys, if you haven't taken advantage of this, keep checking the website. We're going to leave the button up there, but it just does not take you to the registration yet. And so once we get through the requests that are here, we'll turn the button back on and turn it off whenever we need to. But just check there. And if it's open and there, that means you're you're ready to go and know that you're getting, you're getting way more than your money's worth, uh, for sure, if you get this this resource and that phone call with Josh. So let us know again. So we've had it. We, we have a desire to serve you guys as best we can. And so contact us if there are ways we can better serve you and other things that we can do. If there are other resources that you need to find, either free or affordable, let us know and we'll do everything we can to continue to serve you as you serve Boots on the Ground. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.